Hello and welcome back to Wokunina. Hi, welcome back to Walk with Nina. This is another special episode, uh, which is I finally um achieved my goal to post two podcasts every week. So this is the second podcast, and I can't wait to share with you all the exciting things that are coming up. One of it is, um, as everybody knows, today on the 10th of October, the government have finally, finally announced the interstate uplift traveling. So what does it mean that all the interstate travel from the 11th October will be uplifted? There's no more um, banning of interstate travel. Yay! I am looking forward for this for the longest. Uh, as everybody know, I wanted to travel to KL for a particular reason and I uh, can't wait to be in KL. But logically, based on my calculation and my expenses, it looks like the, the possible trip to KL will be in December and it could be a a long Christmas celebration as well. Who knows? <laughs> but anyway, this is a, such a good news to me and um, I'm so looking forward for it. Um, it's been a very quiet weekend. Uh, when I say quiet weekend, I've done a lot of nothing. <laughs> I've been lying down and then I've been taking care of my house. My family went away uh, for a weekend getaway. So... I've been taking care of the entire house. I'm just doing like things like uh, doing laundry, cleaning up the house, doing dishes, and cooks my favorite stuff. Um, it's something a quite a a, a relaxing experience for myself. Um, I do catch up on watching my Netflix, but I decided not to watch anything new. So I revisit watching my favorite TV sitcom Friends. And I've been binge watching it, and I'm almost finishing the entire season. Although most of the time, it's just playing on the background, just to accompany me. At least I feel like I have a friend next to me. So yeah, talking about um my plan to travel to KL, um a lot of things I have to well prepared in a way that uh, managing the travel. Uh, first of all. We, our company have this pre-planned holiday uh, from the 24th of December. But other than that, I need to manage other things like um, my treatment, uh, my dialysis treatment. Uh, I'm going to be uh, requesting KPJ to help me arrange for me to have a visitation um, dialysis in one of the KPJ in Klang Valley. So since I'm planning to go on the 24th until um, the upcoming 4th of January, I feel that um, I wanted to make um, make use of my travel to catch up with my friends over in KL and um, a few things I need to make sure that uh, which is, although it's not compulsory uh, according to the Prime Minister that 
for those who plan to travel interstate, they are especially from KL, Kuching to KL, they don't need a mandatory swab test, but I still wanted to do it. Um, not an issue for me either. I'm going to do a self-test that I'm going to carry around with me. And another one is I'm going to do a partially swab test. I'm going to request for my hospital to give me that um, swab test for my travel. Yeah, I'm looking forward to plan for that. So uh, what other things I'm looking forward uh, of traveling to KL would be I'm going to meet someone, which is I've been wanting to meet him for the longest. Uh, we've known each other for quite some time. Who is that person? So stay tuned. If you follow him on my TikTok, you'll be able to have a preview of him when I meet him. So <laughs> I'm going to just give you a hint. Um, he's someone that really really special to me and I hope to be able to meet him finally. <laughs> so I'm very excited. I, I'm giggling throughout the day. But yeah, this is such a good news for not just me, I think the entire nation. Um, there's a lot of us wanted to meet up with our family but unable to do so for the last two years. I have friends in KL that have, have not traveled back to coaching for the longest as well. And I hope with this uh, uplift, uplift of the, uh, the interstate travel, uh, people will get the chance to meet up with uh, the loved one, you know. Uh, so trying times for every one of us. And uh, I think it's important for us to, to, to be able to uh, take care of our mental health and to know that we are loved and cared uh, by our loved one, our friends and family. So, if you are planning like me to travel, you know, leave some comment, tell me which state or which place that would like to travel with in Malaysia if you are given that opportunity to do so uh, anytime soon. <laughs> me, I'm already know. I wanted to go to, uh, to KL. And also, um, I don't want to sound ambitious. KL and Shah Lampun is enough for me. And then another place that I'm really interested to visit is Klang. So I never entirely uh, able to explore Klang. So uh, this is going to be my chance to actually like explore Klang. And then if 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 can, we go to Port Dyson too. <laughs> okay lah, Port Dyson, like during the weekend is fine, right? So yeah, it's going to be exciting. Okay, um, talking about something happened to me, um, I just received an anonymous email. Not an anonymous email, but it's letter from someone. It's just that I'm kind of curious because I received this email out of nowhere. And this email actually an invite for me to be one of the speaker, um, um, invited by one of the local university that um, talking about advocacy on human rights among youth in Malaysia, addressing transphobia and violence against transgender person. Okay, I don't know how this person are uh, able, you know, find out about me and reach out to me. Um, well, she didn't reach out to me. She just sent me this random invitation. And uh, when I was reading through, uh, one of the requirements for the speaker is to pay a fee, which is about $12 USD. I was like, hmm. And then we were asked to uh, show a, a sum summary presentation paper to the organizer. 
Now, okay, um, talking about uh, transphobia, talking about uh, violence against transgender person, being as openly transgendered person uh, that I am, okay, I, I'm kind of like curious about what kind of, uh, how did this person actually came up with this uh, idea, like in, in, especially when we talk about Kuching, talking about locally in Sarawak. Okay, um, it could be because I have not been able to, not able, not uh, been, you know, spending my time with a young trans, trans group in Malaysia. Because the thing is, let me explain to you uh, one thing. Being a transgender person in Malaysia is not as easy as like countries like Thailand or even other countries that very openly um, accept transgender people. Now, a lot of young transgender they are either effeminate or they're very uh, softy or CC. They would not agree if somebody approached them telling them they're transgender because, first of all, their idea of transgender is is none. They, they have no idea of what is transgender person is. And because the spectrum of transgender is really huge, it's really wide. And then, um, being a transgender, you cannot help but being stereotyped by many people who, I name like scholars who think that they know what transgenders are. But um, me as a transgender, I am a pre-op pre transgender person. And I did my transitioning hormone a couple of years ago, but I stopped due to the medical condition that I am in now. And I'm still like uh, hopeful to continue my uh, transitioning. But I think that this time I want to do it well. And if any one of you are a medical experts out there that wanted to reach out to me, because I've been trying to reach out uh, those in Malaysia uh, within my reach that can help me on my transitioning. Because as a chronic kidney patient, I think it's very much possible. It's just that the transitioning might need to be a little bit more delicate in a way. Uh, there must be a way for me to do so. Um, I need more, you know, um, consultation, prescription. I'm ready to go through that. Yeah. So if you are a medical expert that listen to my podcast today, right now, I hope you can reach out to me. Because I really, really need your help. Anyway, um, uh, when we talk about the spectrum of transgender, because there's no um, precise black and white and, and uh, uh, an official statement saying that who are transgender. Because it's either you can be a pre-op, post-op, you decided to transition or you decided not to transition. It's all up to you. And if you recognize yourself as transgender person, then you are. You do not need anyone else to tell you otherwise. Okay. Um, when I was when I was uh, went for my when I did my first psychiatric um, uh, how should I say the word psychiatric evaluation um, back in January. Um, the doctor, the counsellor, the psychiatrist who managed me gave me a statement which is quite upsetting because instead of recognising myself when I acknowledge myself as a transgender person, 
he quickly shut me down and tell me that no you're a gender euphoriac so um i'm trying to understand gender euphoria well i do not want to waste my time on googling that because the thing is i i don't reckon myself as that way so after i explained a good half an hour explaining who i was suddenly he he decided that he accepted my acknowledgement on me being a transgender and i i remember telling him that you know um stereotyping everyone based on your book that you learn it's not a professional way of being a psychiatrist because a psychiatrist should be neutral should be able to accept people's unique side everyone is unique right so what because probably that when 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 I told him that I was a transgender person. I am a transgender person. He has this idea on his mind that I am looking like 99% like a female. So, no, it's not. It's not. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, that's how I describe myself. But I think, yes, as again, uh, he was imagining me with an, at a physical attribute of a female, 99.9%. Or someone who transitioned as a transgender who went through gender reassignment. So that's his idea of transgender. But to me, no, transgender can be a pre-open and post-op as well. So um, after, as I said, after explaining myself, then he realized. After that, other counselors, other psychiatrists, they manage me based on who I am described. Two. Okay, so um, I do not have any um, issues with the rest of psychiatrists and counsellor and uh, it really helps me to, you know, manage my mental health as well because uh, it's not an easy journey for me since January because for someone with chronic kidney disease and also mental health depression was one of the uh, culprit that makes my condition back in December uh, worsen. But for the last couple of months since my psychiatrist and my counseling session follow-ups that I never missed, um, things are getting better and better because the thing is I, I have more uh, clarification. I, I gain the support, a validation from professionals and most of the time, it's I, I feel good after every session. That's more important. So, uh, went back to the invitation of this lady, a doctor, apparently. Yeah, mm, yeah, she's an associate professor. Well, she has a very solid objective here yeah, to understand the extent of transphobia. But again, among the youth in Malaysia, it must be very specifically. If it's Malaysia, okay, I can speak about it. But if for the entire world, I think it's a bit too ambitious because I, I haven't, I don't travel to the entire world as I know countries like United States or even like uh, United Kingdom. I do have people that I know are trans, transgender people. And what, what uh, through what I read is um, the the extent of transphobia among youth over the other ponds is extreme. We're talking about violence. We're talking about um, the numbers of death, uh, especially 
uh, colored and um, you know uh, those minority transgender group. So it's very surprising that um, like the the modern the country is the more advanced the country is. It's not so common that this violence against transgender happen. But in Malaysia, the number probably is very minimal and unreported. Okay, Personally, I've gone through 43 years of my life. I haven't experienced being in, in a group of uh, transphobic people that violently approach me. Okay, And then um, I know some s stories that I heard or s things that I read on the paper that about transgender being being violent uh, violent towards and there's even a couple of years ago um, there's even like death happened to the transgender community being you know being murdered and uh, yes um, I think the solid objective here is to end transphobia to to end the acts on violence on transgender people which is that's the objective and we also want to see what are the outcomes from the objective is to, to change the negative perception, perception and discrimination against transgender, to reduce that violence against transgender and to improve human rights and democracy in, uh, within the transgender community. Now, in Malaysia, sadly, we do not talk more, I mean, especially openly about uh, advocating the human rights and the democracy. Okay, transgender people like myself, I I I'm those lucky one. When I say I'm those lucky one, is I have a, a solid career for the last eighteen years. Okay, I have um, knowledge. I have education access. I I went to to get my diploma and then uh, right after my diploma, my degree, I have all the success without being, um, uh, you know, without being mis uh, mistreated, yeah? And when I first joined uh, my company, although the first 18 years of my life of working in a working career is, I pretended to hide my, my identity to many. But the longer I stayed in that position, I feel very suffocated and I feel that I do not have that potential in me that I can shine. So when I moved back to Kuching, I decided to embrace um, being a transgender. And then to my surprise, I have amazing team in Kuching, especially my then boss who accepted who I was and uh, he sees beyond that in terms of the ability, the execution, the, the skill that I impose, the, uh, the, the interpersonal skills, my engagement, my EQ, that matters to him. So um, he mentored me for many, many years and he really, uh, you know, one, I remember what he said to me like, as, well, as long as I work here, one of my goals is to make you a senior executive within a year. And he did, okay? Um, based on my merit, okay? Based on my, um, 
achievement, my 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 KPI, uh, which is consistently every year. Something that I have to prove to many, like uh, I have to work extra hard, like ten times harder than um, other cisgender normal people. People will not see that because I feel that every time when I walk in a room, I feel being judged. But the moment I, I see my phrase, when I start to, to activate my work mode, people have different perception of me. I am trilingual, I speak fluent Mandarin, I speak uh, very well in English and also uh, Malay, obviously. And this is my ability to be able to adapt in, in, in the working world. But as I said, it took me years and years for me to embrace who I was. And for me to actually allowing myself to be as open as I can, be who I, I am, and instead of pretending to be someone else, in front of the top management people, that was the biggest relief in my, my entire life. My, because to me, the moment I take down all the walls, I become this new person that I started to appreciate more and embrace more. And uh, a lot of people reach out to me and they say that, you know, uh, with my braveness, with my willingness to be very authentic, um, that actually inspired them. And that that means a lot to me because I always feel like the thing that I'm doing is for the sake of doing it. No, I'm doing it for the fact that I want to be someone who can be impactful. So that's my goal. Anyway, um, in conclusion for this uh, Invitation. I'm still trying to figure out um, the pros and cons for me to participate in this because first of all, I am not an activist, guys, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I do not want to reckon myself as an activist, a transgender activist especially because there are many transgender com uh, activists uh, in my community that I look up to, uh, people like Nisha Ayub. Uh, people like Dr. Camila Kamarudin, these are those uh, inspiring transgender who become the pillar of hope, the beacon of hope to the transgender community, not just in Malaysia, but the entire world. And I have not reached that. Yeah. Um, in, in fact, I never inspired to be a transgender activist because my story is basically mine and the voice that that uh, they came out in me is my voice and um, i'm not saying that i'm weak I, I don't have the ability to represent the entire community it's just that i it's a long way for me to go to reach there but what i wanted to do right now if i can change one or two minds and make that positive and when they see a transgender person, they quickly re be reminded the person that they met, which was me. Then it's good enough. To me, I cannot change the entire world. I cannot change the entire community, obviously. But if I can change one or two, 
with the things that I do. For example, um, I, I my from my spoken words, from my poetry, you know, uh, from even from my podcast, I it will mean a lot to me. Yeah, and then if any one of you feel that my my words really inspired you, you know, I I. Nothing much I can say. It's just that I feel that um, I feel honored to be a part of your life, and I feel that uh, it's very important for us to stick together and uh, you know uh, advocate kindness, peace, and love, and uh, we want to be able to have that voice. And I want to be the one who inspired you to use your own voice to tell your own story and be as authentic as you. You you can trust me. You can be an enemy to anyone's book. Uh, you can be that person that not everyone would like, but it doesn't matter because you know yourself well. You know that what stories or things that you have you have to go through, and you have to stay strong and stay in the course, uh, hopeful, and be. Always uh, as authentic as you can, right? Um. So as I said, I'm still considering whether I should join this. Um. I might have to reach out a few of my friends, uh, to see their opinion about this. And meanwhile, um, probably I might reach out to this Doctor Parvin as well. Her name is Doctor Parvin. Yeah, from the Unimas, um, uh, business school. And what um interests me is their association with Taiwan Foundation for Democracy. So yeah, I'm, I'll do my own research about this, and then I'll decide. So stay tuned uh to the next episode, guys. Thank you so much for staying put. I know it's a it's slightly a bit longer episode than usual, but I hope you enjoyed this piece. Uh, I hope uh you enjoyed it. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Take care, stay safe, and see you guys soon.